All right, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And welcome back to the Tinder Bundle, where believers come together to kindle their flame of faith and discuss life hacks, practical techniques for living in today's world. I'm your host, The Wandering Avad, and through this season, we have been focusing on becoming self-reliant. Now, I like to begin with a little devotion before digging into today's topic. So, before we're about to open the word, let's have a moment of prayer. Oh, great and heavenly God, Lord, we thank you for all that you do and all that you have done. Please continue with us, anoint our minds anew, and allow us to learn from your truth. In your name we pray, amen. So today's devotion is coming from Matthew, and we'll be reading from two portions, chapter 4, as uh, verses 1 to 4, as well as chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. And I read, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Now towards chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Today's devotional is called Power at a Breaking Point. There comes a time when things get hard. And I don't just mean uh, hard as in, ooh, I'm having trouble doing this or trouble doing that. I'm talking when things get extremely hard. When your faith begins to dwindle and your body gets weak. And in many cases, as you go through this experience, you feel so alone. This is a hard place to be in. And as the pressure and discomfort continues to press in, your nervous system begins to react to stressors in a survival fashion. The brain switches how it's going to think. And a mode of fear becomes the lens you look at things through. So your perspective begins to change. And your automatic response in many conversations or many situations is to act in fright, flight, or fight. Because the pressure has taken control. But how do we get out of this? How do we make sure we're responding the best way possible? Yeshua shows us a method 
that in many ways becomes counterintuitive to us. Firstly, we have to separate. This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go and leave everyone alone. Even though in the scripture noted above, Yeshua did separate himself. I say this because depression and anxiety, and when going through those things, they feed off of your loneliness. So separating yourself can actually become dangerous in some of those situations. But the idea is to pull back from the situation and pull into God. Yeshua resorts to reclaiming the promises from God in scripture as his tormentor kept trying to tempt him to submit to his will. The tormentor, that is. But all of Yeshua's responses to Satan was, it is written. There is an immense amount of power in responding through scripture. While continually praying in your heart to God as you wait for his deliverance. Secondly, Christ fasted. His fasting through it came with its own struggles, but it helped clear his focus. The things that could easily distract him from focusing on the will of his father that was being set before him, he would he, he removed to remain focused. He took these things that could distract him. He put them aside. And this was part of his fast. He went to the desert, away from the city. He left society and their influences to be alone in the presence of God. And he fasted from food and water. Therefore, he was resisting the wants and needs of the flesh to depend on God to care for his every need. He was living the 23rd Psalms which begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And among this challenging period, after 40 days of fasting in the wilderness, when he was having the hardest strain on his mind and his body, the devil comes in and tempts him with everything he rightly deserved. But instead of breaking, instead of giving in to get what is rightfully belonging to him, he draws more power from his heavenly father through the scripture. This power was not only available to him, it is available for us too if we hold on to the Messiah's example. What was the Messiah's example? To daily take time to separate for just you and God. To spend the early portion of your day before the day is interrupted by people and things with prayer and scripture. And throughout the day taking moments to detox through meditation and prayer. It is in these habits we begin to see that even in our own personal breaking points, God is the one strand that will not snap. Even if your body, your mind, your emotions, your faith, 
your friends or your finances have all given up on you. They are all finished, depleted. God will be the one to carry you. For as it is written, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. God is your help in the time of trouble. And he will be the one to rest on and hide in. For he will carry you through the valley of shadow of death. And if you continue to hold on to God, despite the sign even of no hope, that little mustard seed of faith will move the mountains before you. They will slay the dragons that attempt to torment you. They will fall the giants and heal all that is broken. But you can't let go. This is how we gain our power at our breaking point. By recognizing we never had power to begin with. The world today would want us to think we have the power. We must hurry it all up. But for the believer, we understand there are greater things at work and our true t- strength is tapped in to God. So by recognizing we never had the power to begin with, we also recognize that our God is in heaven and the one true God is the one who does have the power. He has a good and perfect will for your life, even though the world may try to show you different. So friends, if you find yourself in a dark place where you could be trying to hide away from the world or paralyzed by all the events taking place, that you feel stuck or that you can't move, or maybe you are so frustrated with life All you want to do is fight because you are filled with so much anger. I encourage you today that you fall back. Fall back into God. The wise man says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. Rather than putting all your trust into your feelings or in your own power, your own might, put it on God and be silent and learn to know that he is God and watch him work. And if you continue to follow the pattern that Christ left us, you'll be sure to experience that even when you have reached your own breaking point, before you snap, God will power you up to preserve you through your storm. My friends, this is the only way to make it through. Sometimes you got to just pause and put the faith and trust in God to do the work. So I encourage you today, no matter what you're going through, fall back and fall into God. And sometimes you might need to detach And in those strong circumstances, allow God to know through fasting and praying, I'm willing to set everything I need to live for you to carry me through, for you to come through and show me the victory. And this is how we survive those breaking points. Not by us overcoming by our own strength, but us pulling on the power of God 
and allowing him to do the work for us. So friends, before we pray, I want you to consider some things. Look within yourself. Ask yourself, when things get stressful for me, do I feel fright, flight, or fight is my reaction? Also, have you created a consistent routine to spend daily private time with God to allow God to teach you how to manage through those stressful situations? Or for those of us who have been spending time, how has daily devotions helped you manage yourself through stressful moments in your day? Lastly, my friends, pray and ask God to help you where we can improve our dependency on him that we don't continue to break under certain pressures we experience. On that note, speaking of fasting and praying and getting through that breaking point, surviving it, if any of you listening are interested in joining a truly amazing spiritual journey. We will be hosting in November a practice called 21 Days of Progressive Fasting and Praying, where for three weeks we submerse ourselves in prayer, devotion, and activities as we fast. It is called a progressive fast because every week, you add one more thing that you will be taking out of your life to fast from. And we do this as we petition and deepen our submersion into the Lord. These sessions that will be coming up in November will be focusing on fortifying the family. Now, if you are interested in something like that, contact me directly. And if you don't have my direct contact, you can contact me through email at the Tinder Bundle, one word, at gmail.com. Well, thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are blessed by his word. Now, if you are interested in knowing what we're going to be discussing, stick around because we're going to be talking about something that I believe everyone should be akin to. But for those who are here for the devotion alone, we praise God and hope you were blessed by his word. So let us have a word of prayer to help you be on your way. Let us bow our hearts. Great and heavenly God, Lord, we thank you that you are a God who will carry us, take care of us, and always protect us, always deliver us, even when the clouds have pressured in and it becomes unbearable. You alone are the one who will lift us and carry us through. So, Lord, for each and every person out there who is going through something, I ask of you to show your face and let them know you are carrying them through and the victory is yours. Let them see your light so they don't let go and instead they fall back into you. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done and thank you for the wonderful love you have shown us through the cross. So please continue to be with us as we go throughout our day and bless us. We pray these words in no other name but the mighty name of Yeshua, our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Amen. Baruch Hashem. Blessings upon you all. And thank you guys who came so far. But as we continue, for those who are sticking around, we're continuing to talk about self-reliance. And if you know, I've been going through self-reliance September. Now, September has ended. But there are some things that I want to share. Now, for those of you interested to hearing my self-reliant uh, September reflection, I'll be posting that close to the end of this week. We are in the first week of August right now. But right now, we're continuing to look at self-reliant September or even prepping from a biblical view. So today, I thought we would take a little time to spend looking at the art of fasting and self-denial. You see... Today, I find that we are used to getting everything we want. We are grown to be very selfish. We, we're a microwave generation. We're used to instant gratification. No longer doing the hard work, but just getting it now, now, now. We're intemperate with the foods we eat, the things we consume, as well as with bad habits or things we put into our mind. There is no longer a feeling even of morally being obligated to God's code of love and his will. Instead, we have made ourselves into our own gods because we will pick and choose what out of his code we choose to live by, and then we will choose to do other things on our own merit, as if we know better. Now, this has made us into very selfish people. Because the more we step out of that code is the more we step into self. We no longer think of the community, which sometimes when I say community, I'm even referring to thinking of your private family for your family is a microcosm of the community. Now, this making us such selfish people, but learning self-denial and learning temperance is a necessity for those who want to be self-reliant. See, Proverbs 21 verse 20 says, Precious treasures remain in the house of the wise, but the fool devours it. You know, if we look at this, this is very true. The wise people know how to save, know how to put aside they know how to think about tomorrow. They follow the ways of the ant and store up for the winter. But the fool, as soon as he gets paid, wants to spend the money. And the sad thing is, he doesn't even want to spend the money to help the situation. A lot of times it's to have pleasure. I remember I once had a mentor tell me, you cannot have dessert before dinner because you will have the things that aren't really beneficial for you first. And then when it's time for dinner to the nutritious stuff, you're already filled with the junk. So when we look at how the precious treasures remain in the house of the wise, but the fools devour this, when we look at how this applies to self-denial and even the approach or the practice discipline of fasting, in the case of, for example, preparedness, we reach a case of limited food and limited resources. You've stored up what you have and now you have to learn to ration. 
one has to learn how to store and then not consume it all and then be left without nothing and wanting because that can drive you into a very dangerous mindset. It can make you desperate. And the more desperate you get is the more anxious you get. More anxious you get is the shorter you breathe and the less you're breathing is the less clear you can think. It actually reacts throughout the whole entire body. You see, it takes a lot of exercising of your self-control and willpower to be able to master these skills. But there are times when you will simply want more. But the truth is, there will be none to have. So learning to master our bodies and our minds and its emotions is key. And this also deals a lot with humility because the proud would say, I deserve it. Why can't I have it? I should be allowed to have it. My body wants it. And this is pride speaking through, but we have to learn to humble that. And one of the best ways to start the journey of mastering self-denial, I have found is through fasting. And yes, I'm actually referring more right here to fasting from food. Fasting has a lot of benefits, such as it gives the digestive system a rest, mental clarity, spiritual awareness, physical endurance that begins to develop uh, as you get deeper in, as well as one thing a lot of people appreciate is the controlling of your weight. This is why there's this huge uh, practice going out there of intermittent fasting, learning to just eat within a certain window and then give the body a rest throughout time. Not to mention, fasting really expresses a lot of emotional awareness. You'd be surprised how much your food is connected with your emotions and the types of food you eat, how they alter the way you think, move, breathe, just do things. And cell regeneration. And a lot of people don't understand the beauty of cell regeneration because this is when we can get rid of a lot of the waste within the body and the body will begin to rebuild itself. In a sense, it begins to turn back the clock. So I thought for a moment, um, I'm going to get a little, I guess you might call this technical, and I want to talk a little bit more into what happens when you're fasting. And the longer you fast, the more interesting things happen within the body. So I'm just going to give you guys a little gist of the sequence of what begins to happen in the body to let you see a more technical level of what's happening while you fast. You see, for example, within the first two hours uh, from eating that last meal, your blood sugar rises up, and that's totally normal. It does what it's supposed to do. The body thinks everything is running as usual. But from two to five hours after, the blood sugar begins to fall. And as your blood sugar is falling and decreasing, insulin, though, it continues to go throughout the circulatory system. So the insulin is still running through the blood, getting throughout the whole entire body. Now, if you fasted from five to eight hours, 
your blood sugar levels return to normal. So you're no longer on that peak of blood sugar. But not only that, your body begins to wake up and the hunger awareness begins to happen. Your stomach reminds you through signals to the brain when you last had a meal. Now, we move on to from 8 to 10 hours. Your body begins to switch into fasting mode. And the liver uses the last of the glucose that's running through your body and preps for something called glyconeogenesis, which is using liver and fatty cells to create sugar and energy, or it begins to do a conversion thing. This is something very familiar for people who go on the keto diet. When you stop having sugar in the body, it goes into glyconeogenesis where it's going to turn fat cells and stuff like that into energy for the body. Now, if you've gone from 10 to 12 hours from that last meal, there is very little glycogen left in the body. Now, glycol reserves are running out now. This is when you are really beginning to show your emotions. You begin to get very irritable. Uh, what's the term they use? You are seriously hangry now. And fat cells, I believe they're called the edipicites or edipicites, I might have mispronounced that, are released into the bloodstreams now. Your liver is now beginning to convert fat into food for the body. So this is once again related to that glyconeogenesis. Now, from 12 to 18 hours from your last meal, your body enters into ketosis. Now, your body kind of struggles with this and it really plays with your mind because it's doing what it's built to do, which is when it doesn't have sugars, it has to resort to another form of energy. So fat becomes your fuel now and less in inflammatory byproducts are being produced within the body. And this begins to benefit your heart, your metabolism, and your brain. Now, by 18 to 24 hours from your last meal, you are seriously in the fat burning. Fat burning starts, ketones, which is produced through the liver, they rise up. 60% of the energy that your body is using is now coming from fat. And this begins to now regulate your met, uh, metabolism as well as you are now beginning a rejuvenation process. You see, sugar acts for a lot of inflammatory situations within the body and that creates a lot of sickness. So now when this begins to pull back, the body is able to start rejuvenating, start the healing as well as... Um, <coughs> excuse me as well as while this fat burning is starting your body is now using the fat in your body as its own food source now when you've gone 24 to 48 hours from your last meal autophagy begins your body i guess a better way to say this is it's self-devouring Cells are cleaning up shop inside 
and recycling cellular components. It's breaking it down, seeing what it can use, what it can't use. Energy, your energy level really begins to return as the clock begins to be turned back. Now, I truly know the truth in this because of when I did something called the starvation challenge. And the starvation challenge, uh, a friend and I, we went and I survived 72 hours without eating. Is that three days? Well, I survived three days. And after the second day of fasting, within the second day, I should say, I went from being tired, confused, all these stuff that all of a sudden my body just switched. And I all of a sudden had this life, this mental clarity, this awareness. It, it was so bizarre how it all happened. But I realized in that transition stage, yeah, there's a lot of confusion in the body while it's changing. But once you fully click over to that autophagy stage, you, you almost enter into a different realm. Now, from 48 to 56 hours after that last meal, growth hormone rises in the body. And this is a very beneficial thing. The lean mass can now be increased here. So you can actually start rebuilding uh, muscle as you're, and, and we're talking lean mass and exercising it as the body's working off of eating the fat. And here, we also begin to be improving of our cardiovascular health, health, our heart improvement, everything. Like the clock begins to switch. Now, 56 to 72 hours after that last meal, you become sensitive to insulin. You are now, your body is now at the lowest level of ins, uh, insulin, which makes you so much more sensitive. The autophagy continues to be activated and inflammation continues to reduce within the body and now if you've gone 72 hours plus from your last meal you enter into the immunity stage where your immune cells start to regenerate they start cleaning up the immune cells are regenerated at a very rapid pace your body is getting rid of all the old and quickly replacing it with brand new, which is what brings up a lot more vitality and in a sense, turn back your clock and brings more youth back into your life. But here's the thing, <clears throat> excuse again. During a fast, there's a lot of things you gotta deal with. Uh, in the beginning especially, you can get very tired uh, you will experience hunger for the first little bit. The hunger bangs will hit. Now, to go through an extended fast, water is the key for success. Uh, there were studies that were done that showed if you dry fasted for a certain time period, unless you went into a metaphysical realm, your body begins to just shut down it doesn't without the water it doesn't transition into the autophagy ketosis all those stages effectively so you actually begin to get sick and many people will get sick to the point where the body will shut down very soon but if you do have water coming into the body you can last a tremendous amount of time 
just off of water. Now, other than uh, experiencing uh, the tiredness and the hunger that begins to, you begin to get very irritable because you're not certain how to manage. You're going to withdraw. Sugar is a very addictive thing for the body. It is the main source of energy we are used to using. Which means this irritableness comes from our emotions going out of whack. And it, it expresses to us how connected our food and emotions are. I've recognized I'm with a lot of people. They skip one meal, their behavior begins to switch, let alone if a certain time goes by. You watch how they begin to behave. It's very hard for them to control their frame because the emotions begin to take control. And it is a little challenging to think, how would you say, uh, more rationally. And it's something that has to be hurdled over. So throughout this kind of fasting, and as you become aware of these things, you can be more attentive of how you behave and how you function with little and less. And in that process of self-denial of food, you begin to learn what do I need to work on within myself to function as the best version of me when I have less. Training yourself not to overindulge, but to moderately eat is one of the best ways to learn to control these things. You see, we became so attached to food that we eat food a lot of times when we shouldn't. When we're bored, we eat food. Watching TV, eat food. Go see friends. Let's go get some food. Uh, just sitting down doing homework. Oh, let's get some food. I'm at work doing some work. Oh, I'm getting a little bit bored because I have to wait. Let's go eat some food. Like, we've found a way to include food in everything. And I'm not saying food is bad because I really don't believe so. I believe food is one of the most joyous things man was given was to eat the fruit of the land, the fruit of his labor. Like, there is nothing like that. But learning to be moderate with how you eat. You don't have to have a huge plate of food. You can have just enough food to fuel the body. And it can be filled with tasty flavors and all that. It just doesn't need to be so much that your stomach always stretches, that you even become lethargic and go into the itis. I won't call it what we normally call it, but you go into the itis and then next thing you know, all the energy in your body has to be focused on the food that you ate. So now you can't even think clearly and now you just want to sit down, lie down. You can't do nothing as well as learning to skip meals will help us to control our EQ. And when I say EQ, I'm referring to the emotional quotient, which is more or less your emotional maturity. So learning to skip these meals and learning to maintain a healthy posture and still be reasonable is something that builds up the depth and betterness of ourselves. This is a very beneficial skill to develop for self-reliant situations. Not to mention the spirituality clarity that comes from fasting. You get in tune with things outside of you so much more because your body's not working so hard to focus on the food and digestion. In this day and age, we can fast, though, from more than just food. And that is something we must be conscious of because sometimes now when people call for a fast, yeah, they may initially be speaking of food, but for you to join some fast, you don't have to 
say, I have to fast from food. In some cases, some people can't fast from food totally, so they'll fast from types of food. But there are so many other things to fast from. Now, mind you, the more I go into fasting and taking food out and the clarity happens in the brain, for me personally, I found I far less am interested in the frivolous entertainment, things that really don't mean. It's almost like my mind goes into productivity mode whenever I'm in during uh, times of fasting. But what are some other things that we could fast from? Well, say, for instance, you have a health situation that you can't really fast from food for a long period. Well, you could fast from entertainment. You could unplug, you know, fast from the devices, fast from TVs, fast from the computer, whatever, electronics and stuff, and get more into nature, get more into the practical things around you. You could fast from things like social media. You could fast from certain social gatherings. Maybe there are places you're going or things that you're doing that aren't most the most expedient things for you to be doing. So how about taking some time away from that? Or what about the most usual? Fasting from bad habits or overindulgence or intoxicants. You know, how about try fasting from being a pessimist or always thinking negatively? Fasting from being so aggressive, learning to smile. How about fasting from alcohol if you drink? And if you smoke, fasting's a good way to start you on the path of stopping. Drugs, I believe, for the most part, we should really stop a lot of these things. Because I think they're destructive to the body. And fasting from them will help us see how we will feel throughout the withdrawal. And then we can learn, how do I have to approach that? And they will help us achieve the goal of becoming the healthiest version of ourselves as we try to clean up the temple and our mind. You know, speaking about fasting from other things, on October the 4th, which was, what, about two or three days ago from this recording, I, I was amazed because all over the world, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp went down from about 11 a.m. down to about 7 p.m., give or take. Many were forced into a little social media fast. A lot of people were kind of losing it. There were so many complaints going out there, and it was such an impact. Even the Facebook stocks, that giant, it plummeted. It just went down. It did rise back up after they got things fixed for the next day, but it was amazing the impact of social media being taken for a very small portion of time. And people within that time were able to acknowledge something. Now, more people focused on their emotions. Why can't I do this? Why can't? But then there were some people who realized, huh, if I can't, what more can I do? How can I be productive and do something else? So we all have had moments when we've been forced to fast. Look at when there's a blackout or even an ice storm knocks down a power line. Now you're out without power and you have to, in a sense, fast from power. You have to learn to adapt and do something else. And you have to learn to manage your emotions or else you're going to sit there and mull and do nothing. 
but to be the best versions of ourselves, the strongest versions of ourselves, we learn to adapt and we learn to control our frame, control our motions, our posture as we are going through whatever we are fasting from. During Self-Reliant September, for me, I found intermittent fasting was the best means to get through the days. And interestingly enough, I found that I still had energy. For the first week, I, I did experience a little bit pull because the body was trying to adapt. But once it got used to it, it let me recognize I normally eat more than I actually needed to. Because on the little portions I was giving myself to try and sustain myself through September, I was surviving and it came to a point where I was filled with huge vitality. Now, something very interesting, when I came off of Self-Reliant September and I began to increase my eating amount as well as increase the plethora of foods that I would eat, I was finding my body began to react adversely. And so I began to look at how can I simplify my food because I functioned much better through those times. Learning to function with less is a gift. Simplifying your life. We tend to want oh so many things, overstimulation, that we don't know how to maintain ourselves with less. In a self-reliant situation, you have to learn to function optimally with less. And knowing how much you can do with a little is an amazing gift. Instead of, for example, having to have everything, learning to function off of the base materials you need, the base foods you eat. And in this way, you actually begin to free up, ironically, more time to do more of the things you really want to do. The aim here, as I speak about becoming stronger in self-denial and fasting, the aim is learning how to master your body the best we can so that you can dedicate the things that you choose to do. You can dedicate your time and dictate them more rationally rather than making all your choices emotionally. And for those of us who are believers, we know that we wrestle between the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh focuses on self while the spirit will focus on others and God. And so therefore, the more we can learn to moderately focus on feeding the flesh, as in constantly feeding its dopamine fixes and food and all these ap the appetites for excitement, is the more we can begin to reflect on others. And the beauty of this is when you're reflecting on others and God, you begin to release other chemicals within the brain that reach you into more long-term happiness states. So fasting and self-denial does have a huge impact and benefit for those who practice it, especially if you practice it in preparation for times when self-reliant will be necessary. So learning self-denial will make you an overall better person. And not just for yourself and your health, but for the community on a whole. So friends, as we're coming to a close, I just want to remind you 
of the 21 days of progressive fasting and prayer that's beginning that's happening throughout the month of november it's beginning october 31st to november 20th if you're interested in joining uh, I would love to add you to our group and you will get the instructions and stuff. You'll be part of a small little community and we will, as a community, go through the fast together, encouraging one another, praying with one another and just being there with each other on this spiritual journey. It's an experience that is like no other. Well, my friends, we have reached also the end of Self-Reliant September uh, which happened a couple of days ago. And for those who may have participated in some way, I hope you enjoyed learning more about yourself and how self-reliant you can be in whatever field you chose to do it in. Now, I invite you to check out my post, which will be published uh, more than likely for this weekend. And I'll be sharing my successes, my failures, and the many things I learned on this year's experience of Self-Reliance September. Well, my friends, I'm happy you guys were here with us. And it was a beautiful day. I'm your host, The Wandering Avad, and today's devotional thoughts. And our discussion was brought to you by, once again, The Adama Project. And this is The Tinder Bundle. But before we go, please remember, be fruitful, be blessed, and be safe. Godspeed, my friends.